Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan behind the back pass to Moody. Bounces to Clarkson. He fires it up and hits the three. Jazz took 40 of their 81 shots as threes the other night. Tonight they have taken 10 of their last 18. So over the last two games, the Utah Jazz have taken 50 of their last 99 shots, our three-point shots. Donovan drives. Step back three. Left side. Nails it. It was a tough one, too. Mountain America three-point shot for the Jazz. 46-35. Jazz lead it. Jazz continue to take over 50% of their shots as threes, as they did in game two. Jazz shoot a lot of threes. They beat the Brooklyn Nets in their last scrimmage in Orlando. And PK in the postgame, Quinn Snyder thought they passed up a few. So I think we can all assume that they're going to be encouraged to shoot more three-pointers going forward. That was, a, that was a ton of them in the first half. It seemed to slow down a little in the second half, but the starters didn't play much in the second half either. Yeah, I don't really think that's new. I think that's what he's been advocating for a good while now. Jazz are off today, off tomorrow too. Thursday, expect the intensity to ramp up a little bit. The the restart, the regular season, the games that will count in the standings count towards the playoff seedings. They'll start playing every other day, basically. they got one back-to-back mixed in there. But it'll be the Pelicans Thursday afternoon. Expect everything to ramp up, don't you? Games count, of course. Nothing new here. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Rebound by George with three seconds left. George pulls it up, 30-footer at the buzzer. He got it to go. That wasn't what Yach meant to play, but, well, welcome to the NBA. Pelican star Zion Williamson will be out of quarantine this afternoon, assuming he doesn't register a positive test. So he'll get a couple practices in before the Jazz play the Pelicans on Thursday. Get them at full strength. The Pelicans uh, in a battle for the last playoff spot with the trying to catch the Grizzlies. Of course, there are a few other teams. So motivated, and they played good games with the Jazz in January. So looking forward to that. The, uh, the arrow ought to be up for the Pelicans. The West, if anything, is... It's supposed to be getting stronger next year. They, Pelicans should improve. Assume the Mavericks are going to improve. The Warriors should certainly be a lot better, whether they're back to championship form or not. But arrow up for the Pelicans. Well, that's why they included the 22 teams, so they can get the Pelicans in. So, of course, Zion Williamson was going to play, if at all possible, because he's a potential star that the league wants to market. We've already seen him in commercials. So, yes, obviously. So get him out there in the first game. Get everybody watching him. Former BYU star Yoli Childs, Utah State star Sam Merrill have received invitations to the NBA Combine ahead of this year's draft. Of course, there's no specific uh, date when the Combine might take place. Invitations usually are a sign that you got a strong chance of getting drafted, so they got that going for them, even if it ends up being some kind of virtual Combine or something. I don't know what that thing's going to look like, PK. I was thinking about this yesterday when I saw this. To me, Yoli Childs would uh, has elevated his place, his game to where he has a place in the league. I wouldn't have said that a year or two ago because I wasn't sure he had the range, but he's really, really worked on it. And so he can step out more. 
and it's not like a Derek Favors, well, yeah, we're going to force feed you to shoot the corner three, knowing that there's about a 20% chance it's consistently going to go in. I don't feel that way with Childs. Now, maybe in the NBA, it might be different. I'm not sure about Merle, but it seems to me Childs has a spot in this league. Well, he's got some size, and he can move, and that combination, you know, are, how close are you to 6'10"? They really want 6'10 guys who can defend the pick and roll, move laterally, and shoot the threes. Now, you don't have to be 6'10". If you are, that's great. If you're 6'8", they'll take it. But his ability, like you say, instead of shooting 15-footers, he's been out there on the college three-point line. Extend that a little more, and you got a chance to stick in the NBA. And also, too, next year, if they should play without any fans... Guy's got big time experience with that because he played in the West Coast Conference road games. There it is. I've been to USD. I've been to Loyola Marymount. I've been to Portland. Put me in the bubble. I can handle it. Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving has committed $1.5 million to supplement the income of WNBA players who choose not to play this year, whether it's coronavirus or working on social justice causes. Uh, he wants to make sure that uh, they can support their priorities, decisions, and uh, remain connected with their families, PK. He's putting his uh, money where his mouth is, $1.5 million. That's no small chunk of change right there. Obviously, he makes a ton, but still. All right. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. There are no guarantees in this, Colin. There are no guarantees whatsoever. The fact that, you know, one of the leading people in the NFL has now tested positive for COVID-19 just means that, look, there's no reason for anybody to get cocky and think, oh, yeah, we're playing 256 games right on schedule. That's Peter King, longtime uh, NFL writer, talking about the season going forward and everybody in the NFL watching Major League Baseball now because they, they have similar plans, although there's a, a lot less social distancing in football than, than there is in baseball. But as far as playing at home sites and flying around the country, everybody wondering how this is going to work going forward, PK, after yesterday and all the news with the, the Marlins and the Phillies and those two games being, being postponed. Well, nobody, I don't think, tested positive with Philadelphia. I think it was the fact that they had played Miami home yeah. for the uh, locker room and all that stuff. In Washington, former Utah quarterback Alex Smith going to start on the physically unable to perform list as they begin training camp. Of course, he's been battling back from a compound fracture to his right leg. Ended up needing 17 surgeries. Uh, he'd be the first player to make a full recovery from such an injury if. He's cleared to resume activity, and he retakes the field. Seems like he really wants to play, but the physically unable to perform list, not there yet. wonder if they'll be uh, watching uh, the I-95 show. And this is right in their wheelhouse, PK. This is their, their, their former hometowns. I guess Kornheiser's still there. But they were discussing uh, if Washington's just going to buy him out and let him try somewhere else, if he can find somewhere else who wants to give him a shot. Okay. So they're cutting him? Is that what you're saying? Uh, that was what they expect to have happen. I mean, it seemed like the headlines they saw on social media were that he was going to be back for Washington, but then the physically unable to perform list, and those guys seem to think that, yeah, he'll get he'll get bought out and sent on his way. Okay. 
DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby telling ESPN Monday every power conference's plan for the upcoming season could be different and that it would still work. They can't be incompatible, but they don't have to be identical. The Big 12, the SEC, the ACC have yet to announce their plans for the upcoming season. ACC has a, a meeting today. Maybe we'll get an announcement later today or tomorrow. The Pac-12 and the Big 10 are playing uh, 10-game conference models. The other leagues have been talking about 10-game conference models, maybe a, a 10-plus-1 because the SEC and ACC have a lot of in-state rivalries. They might want to preserve those. I assume when you say something like they can't be incompatible but they don't have to be identical means you can do whatever you want with the length of your conference season or with the non-conference season, and you can even delay the conference title game a week or two, but you can't do spring ball. I assume that's what he means by incompatible. Because he's talking about the playoff and the playoff money. Okay. University of Miami announced former Houston quarterback Derek King will be the Hurricanes' starting quarterback this fall. Made the transfer from Houston. Seemed to be kind of in line for that job. Miami, the constant treadmill. Will this be the year they get back to being a top 10 team? How about this year? been about a minute and a half now. They're getting into uh, Minnesota Timberwolves territory, PK. You know, this is going to be the year. Uh, yeah, except that's the NBA where we talk about it. I, I really don't talk about University of Miami football that much. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. No, there really wasn't. We talked about the situation. I think most of the owners realize that we built protocols anticipating that we would have positive tests at some point during the season, that the protocols were built in order to allow us to continue to play through those positives. And I think there was support for the notion that um, we believe that the protocols are adequate to keep our players safe. Yeah, it's the commissioner, Rob Manfred. Miami's not going to play tonight, but they're hoping to fly to Baltimore, play on Wednesday. Doubleheaders, PK. Doubleheaders for everybody. Ready and go. Well, if it comes to that, yeah. On the field, the Mariners are off to a 3-1 start. Excuse me, the Astros are off to a 3-1 start after beating the Mariners 8-5. Houston, one of the favorites to uh, get back to the World Series. And... Padres beat the Diamondbacks. Fernando Tatis Jr. Add a kid. Don't be a light-hitting shortstop. Give me a three-run triple. Yeah, he's not that at all. He's a star in the making. He's 21 years old. And he's a fantastic ball player. Kansas City crushing it. Six home runs in a 14-2 route of the Detroit Tigers. Swing of the bats. Lighten it up. Well, they are 2-2, two and two, so yeah, they're right where they want to be, man. It's only a half game out. <laughs> the advantage of a 60-game season, you just can't get that far out, right? Stick around 500 and then get hot the last two weeks. Not the only team uh, lighting up the scoreboard. The Rays put 14 on the board, beating Atlanta 14-5. to five. Yeah, they're 3-1. and one. They're pulling away. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Oof! 
Wow. A shaky first half, but RSL got the locker room 1-1, and then a disaster of a second half. Two penalties, two red cards. They gave up four goals. They get blown out by San Jose 5-2. So they're out of the MLS's back tournament, and San Jose is on to the quarterfinals. That last 45, that was just awful. What happened to the team that only gave up three goals in five matches? Shredded. I don't know. Yeah. Is San Jose that much better? They're they're more prolific offensively or what? They haven't been. Uh, they, they haven't been. They missed the playoffs six times in seven years. Because so, this is your league, man. This is yeah. your time to shine. Yeah. They played. They actually opened the tournament with a, uh, a scoreless game with uh, – with uh, Seattle. And then since then, the arrow's been up for the earthquake. So, RSL now with, uh, depending on what they pick for a restart date, three to four weeks before the targeted uh, restart in late August. So, back for a mini training camp to regain that form defensively because that was not good at all. All right, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, we're going inside the NBA bubble with Aaron Falk, UtahJazz.com writer. He's going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Tim Reynolds covers the NBA for the Associated Press. He's also in Orlando. He'll join us at 8.30. And Yogi Roth. Here to talk Pac-12 football at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. What is Ash Wednesday? You're supposed to give up something as a sign of penitence for the next six weeks. If you were to give something up, what would you be willing to give up? Would you park where you're supposed to? Take up one stall only. You know, I didn't do a very good job of parking, I will say that. Did you cross four stalls again? No, but I was on the line. So you're taking up two instead of four, but you still... No, no, I was taking up one, but I was in a hurry. You did that on purpose. You're taking up two spots. No, no, I wasn't. It's not like the lines are bright yellow. They're hard to see. See, Jake. <laughs> Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for Hot Takes to Toast, brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. All right, it is time for the question of the morning. Off the Utah Jazz beating the Brooklyn Nets, Donovan Mitchell in that game had four assists, and all four were on Rudy Gobert buckets. So, you've all heard about unsalvageable, the unsalvageable relationship. Is this marriage now looking like till basketball do them part? You agreed? All on board? Mitchell and Gobert all as well? I think this basketball marriage is eternal. Ah, I see what you did there. Four time in all the NBA playoffs. (laughs) All of the NBA playoffs? Yes, that they're going to be involved in in the coming years. Yeah. Now, I can't speak to this specifically because I haven't spoken to anybody. I don't know that you're ever going to speak to anybody by yourself again. In, in a media setting anyway. You're going to have to do it on your own. But just my casual, take it for what it's worth observation, seems like Mitchell's looking for him. And I could oh, be yeah. completely no, wrong. No, but no, you're right. You are right. 
and Gobert's put up some big games in very limited minutes, you know, playing half the game mm-hmm. and scoring 20 points. And half the game is has some of them not even 48 minutes, but he's still getting the job done. And when you say, well, it's against this team, that team, okay, but there's not that many good centers in the league anyway. So most of the teams he's going to be playing, I'm not so sure that it really makes a difference because it's not like there's a bunch of defensive stoppers who play center to begin with. When we think of the better centers, uh, we're thinking of guys who can step out and shoot threes. Look at the teams in the playoffs. Clippers, Lakers, Rockets. You look at those guys, why they got tremendous centers? No, that's not the way the game is gone. It's moved away from that. You go back a number of years and decades, yes. It seemed like at that point they were the most important players on your team. But it's not anymore. So I don't know that my point is I don't know that you can really just say, well, it's a lack of competition. How much competition is there going to be at his position? And Mitchell seems to be looking for this man more. And I don't know if it's because that's just the circumstances. I don't know if it's because the situation where they had and they got public and it was a little bit of a spat. Not sure there. I don't know exactly the reasons, but it seems like Mitchell's looking for him more and Rudy is producing. It's just exhibition games. I understand that. But that's all we have to go on since that thing became public. And we'll have opportunities here starting on Thursday to go on where it's more uh, pertinent to glean information from. But right now, it seems like Mitchell's looking for the kid. First off, I think without question, he's looking for him. There were the four assists. There were also, Rudy probably had three or four times early on, uh, a couple times uh, once he fumbled the ball, once he missed the shot, a couple times he got fouled. Well, when he got fouled and went to the free throw line, that was because Donovan Mitchell hit him on a pick and roll. So, yeah, there's the four assists, but there's there's more possessions than that where Mitchell is, is finding him. Now, Defenses can shift. I'm with you. I don't think any one center is going to take this away. What happens is you start committing more guys, trying to rotate more guys into the paint. The Nets did it a little bit in the second half, but you don't really have a chance to see halftime adjustments for very long because these guys are playing so little in the second half. You know, they, they start the third quarter, but when they rotate out after you know, five minutes or whatever, uh, they, they don't come back in. And it's like you say, they're only playing half the game, maybe less than that, 20, 22 minutes, somewhere in there. So you don't get much chance to see the adjustments. The, the Nets were dropping an extra defender into the paint. Rudy on one possession in late in the second quarter was standing under the hoop, and there were two defenders right there. So we may see uh, fewer touches for Rudy just based on how the opposing team, not so much one guy, but how the opposing team collapses on him. But that's going to open three-pointers for other people. And as we talked about in the last second, uh, Jazz took plenty of three-pointers. You know, what was really going away was the mid-range game. You know, it was get the ball to Rudy right at the rim, uh, shoot a lot of threes. Uh, there wasn't so much from the mid-range, which we saw more in the previous game when Conley was taking a lot of the mid-range stuff. But I think Rudy's getting the touches he wants. You know, Mitchell went by him in a hallway after the second scrimmage and commented while he was doing that he knew exactly how many times he'd thrown Rudy the ball. So I think, you know, it's fine now. These things always come down to winning, you know, and short run, long run. But I think the unsalvageable comment was more about these guys couldn't even get along in the short run. Well, it looks like they're going to in the short run. In the long run, it all comes down to, uh, to how much you win. 
You know, the, the there's all kinds of stories from the people who covered the team before you and I came to town. Uh, they had that 88 Stockton and Malone team that took the Lakers. The team was going back-to-back to the title. Took them to seven games. It was their best playoff run. They were so close to beating the team that ultimately won the championship. But the next four years, they only won one playoff series. And there's all kinds of stories that they would have been broken up if they hadn't gone to the conference finals in 92. And they did break up the rest of the team and just held on to those guys and one other. You know, they, they turned over all but three guys in like 18 months after that. So you got to win in the long run. Stockton and Malone apparently had to keep that partnership together. They had to have a deep playoff run in 92. So the unsalvageable thing, though, I don't think it really goes to that. You've always got to win, but the unsalvageable part was, you know, these guys just can't even be in the same room together. Okay, well, now they're in the same room together, and it's looking, it's looking fine, you know. Ultimately, they'll have to win or, you know, other stuff will surface again. But that happens everywhere, right? The Clippers, who've got a really good team now, had to break up a previous team because they didn't win enough. So, but, but that's separate from the unsalvageable argument. Well, the unsalvageable was a word that, that was designed to catch your eye and designed to get you to sign up for an uh, Internet service. So let's not forget media is entertainment. And they're trying to make a buck. And once you're introducing trying to make a buck, it becomes entertainment in whatever form that may take. So that was a very catchy word. And it worked because we're still talking about it weeks and months later. And well, the word it, is still on our mind. Yeah. The, the word may have been too dramatic and over the top. That's certainly what Joe Ingalls led us to believe. Uh, but there was friction to some level. Now, that may have <clears throat> stretched it, uh, but it's not like there was nothing there, you know. So, well, clearly stretched it. Yeah. So we got have. we got a lot of people weighing in here. Uh, Brandon says we'll see when Donnie signs an extension. So he's holding off until uh, until Mitchell commits to the extension for a lot more money. Brandon's not believing. Well, he's a restricted free agent. So what is he going to sign? Well, he's going to sign a contract extension. I, I guess, I mean, I think he's going to sign it. I think the, the curious part will be uh, what we just went through with uh, in, in the previous incarnation with Gordon Hayward, where he could have signed for five years, but he signed for an out after three. And when he got to three year out, psst, he was gone. Yeah, he was. So I think, I think he'll sign. I think. I, I expect Mitchell will sign the extension. Now, is there going to be an out in it? And if so, when? You know, that's, uh, that's a question to be answered, and we can't answer that right now. So it won't be this time. It will be the following time. That's what I would think, yeah. I think generally guys on their rookie contract get their second contract with the team that drafted them and get the set-for-life money. Uh, they're, making, they're making pretty good money, but that generational money – that uh, is high eight figures, sometimes nine figures, depending on what they signed for. That, that contract, your second one, the really big cash, you're probably going to sign that with the team that drafted you. So then what's the issue? Would, well, if there's, an, if there's an opt-out in it so that it feels to the – if there is an opt-out in it for a shorter deal, then Jazz fans will feel like they're on the clock. Whether they are or not, I mean, you can use the opt-out and sign a third contract for even more money and stay with the team that drafted you. It doesn't mean you're gone. Everybody's but, on the clock every day. I, I agree. 
I agree. So that's and no, no different than anything else. Stockton and Malone had their two-decade run, and yet from all the people we know who covered the team earlier, you know, there's all these stories that they could have been broken up. So everybody's on the clock. It always comes down to do you win and what level do you win at. Jared just looks at Brandon's take on the extension. Always got a negative Nancy in the group. And Brandon says, I'm a realist. Are the Jazz going to pay Max money? Can we afford Rudy and Donovan and have enough money to build pieces around them? Mm, yeah. It's just a question of how good they can be. And how good are they to be able to supplement the pieces? Because the better they are, the less you need the supplemental pieces to be good. Now, if they're not quite as good, then you need the supplemental pieces to be better. So that's what they have to decide. And those are fascinating decisions. But you want those decisions because that means you've got good players and there is a decision to be made. Whereas if they were crappy players, there would be no decision to be made. So these are situations that you want to arise. And then you have to make the hard, tough decisions. But that's exactly the way it's all set up. And you want your team to be in that spot to where do we offer? Are we going to pay Rudy Gobert upwards of $50 million a year? I mean, that's a staggering amount of money. <laughs> I mean, it just uh, it, it, one, con, one year of that can be literally life-changing money. I mean, I know someone who got an NBA contract, and that was the extent of the contract. And it changed his life and his family's life. To this day, and this was years ago. So he would get that for multiple years. It's just, it's staggering. It's, it's, you can't, at least I can't, comprehend that amount of cash. It just, the rest of us uh, are worried about bills and getting a pay cut or losing a job and how terrifying that is. What are we going to do? These guys financially don't have a care in the world. They shouldn't anyway. Unless they just blow through it, pay it, make stupid choices, and pay a bunch of alimony, whatever it might be. Uh, Eternity is the poster child. So, what you're talking I mean, about? There's there are plenty of guys who have done that. So, I mean, you really got to go out of your way to be stupid uh, with this situation here, uh, and have all these kids and all these things that you know they, these guys can afford it. We don't ever hear about the others who can't. And how the cycle of poverty continues, and we can put whatever we want on the back of our jerseys. Uh, but until that changes, what are we going to do at the ground level here? But that's real discussion for another time, I guess. But you want the Jazz to be in this position of having to make these decisions. Because if Gobert wasn't good enough and Mitchell wasn't good enough, there wouldn't be any decisions to make, right? So this is, these are good things, and these are hard decisions, but that's what you want. How good can they be? Because if they commit that kind of money and that uh, one that you just read, that's that's very pertinent because you're going to commit. Say you commit the max to both of these guys, right? That is a huge chunk of your salary cap. And then what do you do around that? Man, that's frightening to think about. You have to make these decisions. And if you go with yes, either way, if you go with no, what do you do? And if you go with yes, you know, what do you do? How much money is available? Or do you get these guys to maybe Tom Brady it a little bit and don't take as much to have more money to fill out your roster with better players there? 
fascinating decisions that await the Jazz and their management over the next few years. And I'm, I'm ex- I can't say I'm excited, but I think intrigued, really intrigued to see how they go about doing what they do. I think that Tom Brady-type discussion, that doesn't happen in the NBA a lot. It does right. happen. I think Duncan did it. Uh-huh. So you can't say that it doesn't happen, but largely it doesn't. If you have that discussion, I think you're having it with Rudy. I don't think you're having it with Donovan. I think in the second contract, the player wants and expects the max, and he gets it. And to be fair, you're getting the max, but you're not getting the super max. You know, your second deal, you're not getting the fifty, the the forty to fifty million dollar payday. You know, Steph Curry's into one of those contracts now, and I'd, I'd have to look it up. I don't know what his number is, but it's like forty three or forty five yeah, million. It's, it's, yeah, it is. It, it's, yeah. it's massive. Right. It's just even by NBA standards, it's just staggering. Uh, Chris Paul's got one of those deals, although I think he's a little under forty. Hmm. He got but in with the super max before it really really leaped. took off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so have that discussion with Rudy, but probably not with Donovan as far as take a little less and leave us. But basically, the salary cap is built to have two stars paid the max, two guys paid really big money, and in that case for the Jazz, I think you'd be looking more at Joe Ingles' contract and you'd be looking at uh, Bogdanovich's contract. Yeah, they'd be gone, though, at the time. Right, but there'll be people in those slots, um, that would be paid like that, whether it's those guys or, you know, like you say, you know, it, it evolves and they move on. to There'll be a couple people paid like that. And then you get below that and you got a people, maybe you got a couple people who paid in the veteran exception and you always need one or two players in your rotation who are young guys on the way up. They're on a rookie contract or there's somebody who um, you, found, uh, you found hidden somewhere in the league and, you know, you, you bring them along. Royce O'Neal, uh, Type, you know, it's it's not that he was, uh, you know, uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell. You got him right now on his rookie deal, so he's way less. But you got Royce also in a rotation who's not paid a lot of money. He's so, always good. It's going to be a complimentary player, though. Those right. types of players. But you have to find your complimentary player needs to be better than their, their complimentary player. Your star, your max mm-hmm. guy needs to be better than their max yeah, guy. See, I, th- I think it's your stars. I don't think it's your. It, it, if you got a bunch of complimentary players, but I got two elite players, that's what the Lakers have. The Jazz's complimentary players are just as good as the Laker complimentary players, if not better. But the Jazz aren't as good as the Lakers, so I, I don't I don't agree that my complimentary player has to be better than your complimentary player. Because if my stars are better, he'll make my complimentary players better than your complimentary players. Because you have to focus so much attention. On him, so Steve Kerr can live in infamy because he hit a game-winning shot. And if Steve Kerr was playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves all this time, he would be a nobody. He'd be another guy. Yes. And so it's it's all about the stars. How good are the guys that you're allocating the most, the highest percentages of the salary cap to? How good are they? And I saw it all those years with the Lakers because they had magic. And magic could make anybody look good. And James Worthy was out of the league in less than two years after magic quit the first time. <laughs> and, and, oh, yeah, he lost it. But he, go look it up. He, he, he was early 30s, and his effectiveness was curtailed dramatically when magic was out of the league. Stars make role players better than they are. So your stars have got to be it. Can these two guys take you? If they decide that's the, the management decides that's where they want to go, can they get you to where 
they want to where we all want them to be. It would be so cool uh, to obviously have that in, in this city. It would just be awesome. It would be unlike anything we've ever experienced uh, times a thousand if they actually want it. I mean, we obviously we got a taste of it for twice, and it was pretty sweet uh, to get to the finals. But to win it would just it would just be beyond. For a lot of us, it's beyond comprehension, and I get it, especially if you're a diehard and you want it so bad. Uh, but it's a good sign here, I think, that Mitchell is looking for Gobert, and Gobert has been, it, it, it's its sort of, you know, a little cotton candy-ish. There's not much there, but I can make a strong argument he's been the best player on the court since they resumed these practice games. Well, it doesn't matter. You got to do it when it counts, and then you got to do it even more, more so in the postseason. But right now, it looks like Mitchell's looking for him, which is a good sign because then, even if, as you say, the defense makes adjustments, oh well, then you're throwing it to somebody else who makes a shot. And if you're winning, you know, if if they're winning the title and Gobert's averaging 15 points, I'm pretty sure he's not complaining. It doesn't look good to complain when you're just picking up wins by the bucket load. When you're really rolling and you're getting 60, 65 wins, you don't, you don't want to be complaining on that team. Do you think that this looking for Gobert now, wasn't there a deal where Kobe decided he was miffed about something and he didn't shoot? Yep. Do you think Mitchell is trying to specifically make a point, or do you think that it's just happening? Well, I don't think it's just Mitchell. I mean, I think it goes to the coaches – and the game plan. Yeah, but Mitchell was but the Mitchell. one he was complaining about. Yes. But I think the coaches have addressed that. But do I think, yes, in the moment, Mitchell is looking for Gobert. You know, if this happens, do this. And right now, the, the priority is finding Gobert. You know, shoot fewer floaters. Shoot flu- fewer of those runners from 8 to 10 feet. Try to be a little more patient. Try to get a little deeper and, and try to find Gobert. Because, you know, they can show him all the floaters and they can show him the numbers on the floaters and the numbers on the dunks. You know, you make a higher percentage of dunks than you do 10-foot floaters. So you're saying management agreed with Gobert that Mitchell wasn't looking for him enough. Well, <laughs> yes, but I don't think it's going to last because I think defenses are going to adjust. So I think the numbers are going to go back to Gobert isn't getting as many touches. Okay, well then right why now, can't they go back to where it is now? Why can't they adjust to the adjustments and then adjust again well, that, and have it be down the road? And, and that and that is the dance. You know, that is the, Can they do that? Are they good enough to do it when the opponents are better? And the level of intensity is higher. You know, it's, it's easier to be patient now, get deeper in the paint, make the play. Because A, you're going against teams that aren't as good, you know. And, and B, the intensity isn't what it is about to be. It's, I, I think we both think it's going to get ramped up uh, starting Thursday. And we both think it's going to get ramped up again when you get to the playoffs. It's, uh, so it's not it's, real? No, not yet. No. But, so the, the Gobert production is not real? I. It's not lasting. It has no staying power. I can't guarantee that. I mean, it's going to be, you know, it's, at some point it's going to be stopped because we don't think they're going to win the title. And if he keeps getting this many dunks and this many touches this close to the rim, their odds of winning go way up. 
And at some point, somebody's going to defend it differently and defend it better. We've seen three scrimmages, you know, where teams really aren't even making second half adjustments because Mitchell and Gobert are only playing for, I'd have to look it up, but, you know, five or six minutes together in the third quarter. You know, so and it's it's the Nets whose roster has been scrambled by a series of injuries and then a series of guys who really didn't want to go in the bubble because the Nets aren't going anywhere and they just didn't want to deal with it. So the Nets are thrown together. Miami, you know, Jimmy Butler didn't play. Somebody else didn't play too. I'm forgetting who, but I think there was another guy who didn't play. But uh, so what? That out of Bambi guy. Oh, yeah, okay. Out of bio. Out of bio. Yeah. But I mean, Jimmy Butler didn't play. Obviously, a huge loss. Now Miami's got a pretty good record. You know, Miami's kind of similar to Utah over in the in the Eastern Conference. I think they're slotted so this is into false hope. Five. Then this doesn't mean anything. It's just a no. It's, it's a thing. It's a step you have to do on the way. You have to play well in these games, but it doesn't mean that you're going to play well in the conference final. I mean, we don't even know if you're going to be in the conference final. Well, it, I I think yeah, I think it's going to no be hard for them if that's what you're looking for. Right. Exactly. There are no guarantees. But All is it real? That's. I mean, that's how you scout people. They so they look good against these this competition that competition whatever competition mm-hmm. this is the whole essence of scouting people to bring people onto your on your ball club in the first place I mean what competition are they playing on does it count does it matter blah 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 I mean so th- this is really nothing new here I mean you, you face this every day in and ev- your evaluations that and we had Zanuck on last week talking about how this stuff is continuing to go on so some of it is real it isn't just well. He played against this level of competition, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter. He's still really good. So what you're saying is you have your doubts is that Gobert can do this when the games count. So I think that ultimately my doubt comes to does their desire to succeed ex- you know, vastly exceed their ability to pull it off, and what's the level of frustration going to be when they hit, when they hit reality? You know, if they struggle in the first round without Bogdanovich, and I think there's a decent chance it's going to happen. Can't guarantee it. Uh, they, you know, we don't know who they're going to be playing. We don't know, you know, how healthy that team is going to be. There's a million things we don't know, right? But I just think when you lose that much production and that much shooting at a time when shooting is critical in the league, especially three-point shooting, which he's very good at, that's a big hit. And I already thought that the first round was basically a coin flip. I don't think that anybody, three, four, five, six in the West, as it looked when play stopped in March, that there was that much separation. You know, and the standings backed that up. It didn't look like there was. Now, you take a guy off your team who's critical and you still want to plow through that first round and you're hoping to break through in the second round. I think there's a reason Dennis Lindsay and the media availability had said, you know, it's asked what you want, and Orlando says, I'm looking for them to compete. Yeah, well, that'd be right, because that's only short term. Yep. If they win the title next year, who cares if they got beat in the first round because <laughs> one of their star players is out? I'm, not, I'm, I'm looking at this down the line. I'm not looking at it in two weeks in August. Can Gobert succeed? Is he going to be worth the max? That's what it's about. That's the decision. They don't have any decision on what to do with Gobert now. That'll take care of itself. They'll lose at some point here in the next month, and then they'll have a few weeks off and get back at it for the following year. And then that's when the decision comes in. That's what it's about. Can he have the offensive game to be worthy of this max? Not can they win the first round here in a couple of weeks. 
Who cares about that? One of their best players is out. So it's going to be difficult. They're not going to base a decision next summer on what happened in August of 2020. Yes, but I don't think they're going to wait to make the decision until the playoffs next year. I mean, literally, you can't offer until next summer, but I think mentally you're going to know where you're going before then. Right, and he can go out and score 25, if that's the case then, in the playoffs this year and then all of next season, and then that'll be the decision. Exactly. Yes, I agree. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We can run all this past Aaron Falk, UtahJazz.com writer, who will join us at 8 o'clock from the bubble in Orlando. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. One of the best when it comes to uh, NBA. He's been writing about the league for a long time. Sean Devaney, in terms of the Utah Jazz without Boyan Bogdanovich, what are your thoughts on how this Jazz team will do once this regular season gets back underway? They're obviously going to have to win with defense, you know, with a lot more Royce O'Neal in there, and obviously what Rudy does. But, you know, the games that I've watched so far, it's been surprisingly offensive. I mean, you know, there's apparently some very friendly rims in Orlando, and uh, I'm interested to see how that affects the Jazz because, you know, without Bogdanovich, especially, I think, you know, you're going to have two defensive-minded players getting a lot of minutes with Ingles and O'Neal, and of course with uh, Rudy. Um, you know, is that going to be a disadvantage for them? Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Dot net, man. DJ, pull me out of the mud right now. What mud are you stuck in right now? Well, I'm not stuck. I'm rolling in it. I'm a pig in mud, man. This <laughs> because, has been great. There's because so much we're talking sports? basketball. We're not talking about names on jerseys and what's printed on the floor and who's standing, who's kneeling, who's rolling over. No, we're talking about sports, man. And this is what it's about. So right now, as we debate this issue, and it's a fascinating issue to debate. Really. It really is, man. And I think all jazz fans are captivated. I mean, I'm not that hardcore jazz fan. And I'm captivated by it. This Gobert-Mitchell thing, scoring more. What did the Jazz do when they're faced with this uh, big decision here in the coming months with Gobert? I find that all, uh, it's about as intriguing as it gets relative to this franchise, I believe. So I'm intrigued by the notion of uh, what you said when we were talking in the middle of this segment about, uh, you know, this is what management wants. Yeah, they want dunks. Yeah. And the dunks are there right now, but when it's not as easy, you know, what are they going to want and what is Rudy going to want? I mean, it looks like they want the exact same thing right now. Now, part of this is Donovan's a third-year player, and they keep trying to throw different looks at him, and, you know, he's got to get better. Nobody's got the world by the tail in the third year, right? And Magic won a title when he was a rookie and got hurt his second year. In the middle of his third year, you know, they didn't know he was going to go back and win another title yet. Although he was. (laughs) Although he was. Kobe Kobe did, but he had the dominating force of Shaq. Right. So there's always stuff still to figure out. But defenses are going to take away these easy looks Gobert is getting. And because it's a scrimmage right now, people aren't freaking out too much about the looks that Gobert has that he isn't converting. 
is kind of rolling with it right now. Now, when the stakes are higher, oh, when, Nancy, we get, Nancy, when we Nancy. get further down the road, I expect more tension about that. <laughs> One thing teams are going to do is they're going to rotate bigs through there, and they're just going to keep fouling him, sending him to the free throw line. Because although his free throw shooting has gotten better, and it has gotten better, it is not what we refer to as good. You know, at some point you make enough of those. It's not quite hacky shack, but it's also win and doubt Fallon. You know. Is it hacky sack though? It's <laughs> not a bad game. <laughs> I don't mind that. Do people play that anymore though? It's just standing around and killing. Uh, if you that. have long hair and smoke dope, yes. <laughs> Everybody That's... who does neither of those things that plays hacky sack religiously, so Yeah, but you don't know what he's doing on the side. You're not with him at all the times. I've got an idea. <laughs> Yuck. I think under the thing that we have not spoken about that we should speak about a little bit here is that Mike Conley looked real comfortable, shot the three. And you know the game before he was one for five for three, but this one he was four for six. So it's five for 11. And that's, uh, I don't want to do math on the air because I'll screw it up. But I think that's about 45%. So that's a good neighborhood to be in. So you can't freak out over any one game. But he just looked comfortable, looked in rhythm, hit a three off the dribble, hit a catch and shoot three. You know, and the thing is right now, Mitchell's on a rookie contact right now. The guys who are getting paid right now are Gobert and Conley. So you expect big-time production out of the guys who are getting the big-time paychecks. And Conley looked really comfortable. Now the same thing applies. You know, the Nets are not good, and they've had their roster scrambled. So, But all you can do is look good and look comfortable. And right now, you got to say it looks like Conley's picking up where he left off. And he was really good over those last 12 or 13 games he before better. the play shut down. He better what? He better. He better what? He better than where he left off. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, we'll talk with Aaron Falk. UtahJazz.com in the bubble in Orlando. Stay with us.